Welcome back everyone to the Rhonda Swan Show. Here we are live right now in my studio in Bali, Indonesia. And this week's guest is a soulful future thinker and innovator, and you are going to love her. Her approach to growth and becoming the 1% inspires curiosity, narrows the gap between problems and solutions, and supports her community in navigating the uncomfortable space between where they are now to where they are going. Kiri Marie Moore is the founder of the 1% Movement and believes in inclusive leadership and the power of cultural impact to disrupt and sustain change in old ways. We are so thrilled to have you here, Kiri Marie. Welcome to the show. So good, thank you, and I can't wait. We're in for a good time. Yeah, we are. How are you, babe? How's it going in, in your neck of the woods, we say? Well, in my neck of the woods, I just got here yesterday and I love it. I'm here for a week in my home in Queensland and Noosa. Oh. So I'm happy camper right now. I love, I love Noosa. My uh, husband and I came to visit several times. He lived in, he lived in uh, Perth for a long time. He went to, what's the school that he went to? Goodness, what's the big university in Perth, Australia? I have no idea, but here's the thing. I don't just live in Noosa. I live in Noosa North Shore. And there's oh. a reason I say that, because Noosa North Shore is like living on a little island. Oh. Get on a barge to take your car across. And to get to my house, you have to kind of navigate between kangaroos oh, so and good. koalas, you know, the whole thing. I love it. I love it. All right, babe. So let's let's kind of dive into this because I love mm -hmm. what you do. And I know that your work is in the beginning stages of becoming a global movement. So will you tell us a little bit more about what sparked the 1% movement, movement and where you see it's actually going? Because right now this is the biggest topic that we need to create more awareness for. Yeah, look, the 1% movement for me was like a, a necessary thing to do, right? Like it was a non-negotiable. I, I wanted to give people the opportunity. You know, when I look at the global space, which I get to play in a lot, uh, you know, you could really look at what's happening across the globe and go, it's just too major. There's too many problems. There's things that are falling apart. The economic downturn, you name it, people yep. bring it up. It's happening. And it's a truth. But there's some pretty amazing humans out there doing some awesome things as well. And I think, what if we focus in on going, what can we all do with what's in our hand right now? And that's what the 1% was. What if I do my 1%, Rhonda, you do your 1%, mm. George down the road, Mary does theirs, and we all start doing our 1%, would that actually change what's happening in culture today? And reality is, yes, it would. And that's where it sprang from. So it's years of work, but it's years of work going, how can I take what I've learned, what I've seen, and go, how can the everyday person actually be part of the change we need to see? across the global landscape. Wow, I really like that. So share with you more. So when you say like, what can I do with my 1%? Is it like everyone is going, okay, this is what's happening in Bali. Like, how can I improve Bali? Like, what is the impact? How are you measuring that impact, you know? Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I think that it's really easy for us to go, uh, it's about, yeah, we see things that are happening. We see, you know, like we're, we've got to deal with building our own businesses, our own companies, whatever that is. And maybe there's a little extra to bring some change. What I realized was this, every one of us as an individual has an 
ownership or a responsibility to do what you're meant to do. Mm. If you do that well, so that might be just building a company and having a phenomenal team and that team has family and that family has homes or lack of resources or education or whatever it is, but because you do such a great job, because you are building resources, tools that are able to give people many different things, then because of that, now you're having an impact. And so every decision you make, whether it's building a company, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, you know, a mom at home, whether it's the next scientist coming up with the latest innovation, that is going to have an impact. Yeah, Let's make it a good one. Yeah, I like that. So like, for instance, you know, we always, especially in all of our companies, we always have, uh, people call it uh, tithing. We always eighth because eight's my favorite number, you know? So I always take 8% of everything that we do and and we give it to, um, you know, to, to certain charities. Would you say, like, even just adding something like that into your business is ways that people can, like, level up their, into their 1%? Yeah. Here's the thing I want you to think about, because I think people think that whenever we talk about impact, that it's just about like nonprofit or giving right. of some sort. Here's the thing that I want people to think about is that when we make a decision, it has an impact. So I don't believe it's one or the other. In fact, I'm a huge supporter and a lot of my work is actually helping companies to build their growth to the next level. Why? Because when you've got access to more tools, more resources, more education, the impact that you can bring is phenomenal right so i'm about increasing economic growth so that every time you're making a decision that that is going to have a bigger impact Mm. and it's not one or the other and i think we have to stop thinking of things in isolation and going that's what that looks like and go what if we were to not just you know, build these, and I don't even talk about businesses, companies. I talk about building smart, sustainable, scalable yeah. ecosystems. Yeah. We we are in an ecosystem, and when you build an ecosystem, that means if you're not physically healthy, you're not going to turn up at your everyday job doing whatever you're doing and being the best that you can mm. be. So guess what? Productivity is going to go down. Growth is going to be minimal because you can, you're only going to do what you can do. You can't do what maybe you could do if you are physically well. So we have to look at us as an ecosystem. And that means if you want to make a bigger impact, if you want to make decisions that actually are going to help build our culture that's going to be beneficial for all of us, let alone the generations to come, yeah. then you want to make sure that you are, you know, uh, um, You've got access to what you need, access to be able to bring to your community, your platform, what that's needed. And then guess what? Every one of us makes up the global landscape. We really do. And bring that back to simplicity. You and I, we make it up. That's as big as it is. Yeah, no, it's so strong. And I think it's, you just said, it's like the access and the awareness. The moment that we are properly resourced then we are now not only collaborating, we're helping each other, but then we have a grander access and others around us also expand. I, um, I love this conversation. So let, let, let's talk about your podcast. So since the birth of your podcast, I know you've had some phenomenal guests on the show. 
Um, would you share with us maybe three of the most impactful conversations you've had and kind of what are some of those takeaways on a personal and a professional level? Yeah. So just to give some context yeah. to listeners in this way, I have two podcasts and there's a reason I have two podcasts. So one of them is called The Decision Table and I do that because of this. Decision that Table, yeah? But like, I'm an introvert. I'm naturally an introvert. Okay. So, you know, when you get those moments and people go, oh, you need to meet this person. Yeah. Oh, you, I've got, Kira Marie, you've got to go and say, um, like, I've got to connect you too. But there's kind of that awkward silence. You don't really know how to first get into that conversation. As an introvert, that's the worst thing. So I would tend to go, yeah, I'd love to meet that person. Uh, and then kind of avoid it. So I decided to put a podcast or a show, a bit like what you do, and put it on and go, you know what? Here's the thing. If you want to meet me, one of my values is giving. Uh, let's get you on as a guest. So even if we never, ever have a conversation again, Rhonda, someone may, you know, learn something from that conversation. Mm. The other side of it, and I think this is important with podcasts for me, is anything that I do... I want to role model something that I do or say, yeah. right? And so for me, it's like, I believe every single conversation, if you're willing, you could learn one thing from it, one thing and take from it and grow from it and develop and evolve. Yeah. So the decision table is one of those things that we do. And I literally do it. I get to know that person in a deeper way. I figure out whether we're the right fit or I know someone else and I can go, hey, go, that, that's a better fit. Go talk to that person. Um, or it's, it's meant that I've built some amazing relationships. So that's one of the reasons I do the decision table. Mm. My other one, the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. You know something, Rhonda? The thing that I love is smart humans making smart decisions. And I guess one of the things to answer your question, one of the things that I have had the privilege of in my work, for years we were nomadic. So that meant that as a CEO, as a nomadic CEO, and what that meant was I got to move my office just into beautiful locations yeah. across the world, took my family on that journey with me. And because of that, I got to meet amazing people. But the thing I felt selfish about was this, I got to have those conversations with them. I learned amazing things from awesome, smart humans, but you never got to hear that. And so I was like, what if I could just have a conversation and press record and let you in on it? Mm. And so I've had the privilege of literally having conversations with a lot of people who, you know, some people know them, others don't, but they are so... They're so clever in what they're doing, how they're doing it. And I want to learn, not just, hey, this is great numbers that you've got. This is a great person that you're connected to. But I really want to learn things like what, what made you make that decision? How did you continue on that journey when it got tough? How did you see more in the future? Because it's through those questions that we can evolve and uh, learn some of the things, springboard off other people's mistakes or learnings, and then be able to do things. So, you know, there's amazing people on there from, uh, you know, 
people like I, I kind of remember half of them to be honest I have so many conversations so many things but you know there's Ali Brown mm. and I remember that conversation because I challenged her on there I actually challenged her on there because I met her I've I've known Ali for years and years an amazing I believe she brought a lot to the entrepreneur world especially in the US mm. and so I was always intrigued at what is the thinking of a person like her? And um, so I, I, I was a part of her world, but because I run another company that works with marketing, I know marketing in and out. So I never went there to learn about marketing, but I went into her community to learn about what's the thinking behind that person that does something like that. And, um, and I remember years later, she came up to me one time and she just said to me, Karen Marie, you're weird you're really strange and I don't get you. Why don't you speak out more? And I was like, Ali, I, I speak out when I feel that it's going to be helpful to those that are wanting to listen. That's one. When there's other people already saying what you need to say, I don't feel that there's any value I can add. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be adding to the noise. And the other side of it was, and I believe that actually what we're talking about here isn't where we need to go going forward. And I remember I had one of my clients with me at that moment and she said to me, she goes, Karen, whatever you do, I hope you never, ever hang out with that woman again. And I said, no, 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 just watch this space. So the reason I say this story, because she came on my podcast and I called her on that and I said, remember that time you called me weird, you know? And, and strange because it hurt Rhonda. It was like, for sure. Do that. No, it, it didn't hurt. I was kind of used to it, to be honest. And you know what she said to me? She said, yeah, Carrie Murray. She said, you're right. I did at that time think that because you were way ahead of where I was at. Mm. And I couldn't understand you. I didn't understand where you were coming from. But she said, I'm catching up. I'm getting it now. And I love that because often we see these amazing humans doing all these things. But, but the thing that I think I really want people to really understand, and that's what's good about that podcast, is that it's actually we're an evolving human race and we need to keep evolving. And if we continue to do it, the old approach, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Nothing. And... You know, there are some amazing people who have done amazing things, but if they can keep evolving, so can we. Wow, I love that. That's like really wisdom from the depths of you, sister, because, you know, you 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 really opened up a lot of different things. Like, first off, I, I think you we're giving permission. I wanted to ask you this is because you said you're mm -hmm. an introvert, right? Uh, I, no one would ever know that, mm -hmm. right? No one would really ever know that. However, how did you, you really found a way to allow yourself, right? To be out in front and to be comfortable in that space, but still protect your boundaries. So how yeah. do you, as an introvert, really, how do you protect your boundaries? And, and where, you know, what do you do to, to really keep yourself grounded, yet still leaving such a strong impact that you are? Yeah, and I think that comes to a bigger vision beyond yourself. Mm. Like I'm a woman of faith, so I believe that there's something that I was brought here on earth beyond who I am, 
beyond what I was able to do. And yeah. because of that, like it's almost like a secret source I get to call on, right? But then beyond that is a bigger vision. Okay, so if I went through everything that I did as a young girl, which was not always a good story, and if I had those learnings and got through that, there must be a bigger reason to why I'm here. And I was that kid that didn't have a voice. And I just was like, okay, I didn't have a voice, but I want to be able to create platforms where every human can have a voice if they need one. Mm. And that doesn't, you know, sitting by yourself under a coconut palm tree, sipping a pina colada, doesn't really do it. So I've, my drivers have been bigger than myself. So again, a voice, giving voice, has meant that I've had a driver that's beyond me. Mm. In other words, when I lack, when I don't want to, when I lack the confidence to get up and get out there and do it, I go, but what if it just gives one more person a voice that didn't have a voice before? And things like patterns, I'm fascinated. I'm extremely geeky. And so I look at patterns, have done, and to really rewire from patterns that don't work, disrupt those and then create mm. new ones, right? So that we get the solutions we want. I have literally done a lifetime of figuring out that. And because of those patterns and watching, and I'm a results orientated person. Mm -hmm. So I love watching results change. I love watching data. I love gathering uh, you know, information and seeing an improvement. So if I can do that by changing culture, mm -hmm. then I'm leaving behind footprints for my kids and my kids' kids uh, that is going to be helping them to springboard forward. So that's a major driver too. And then I think about culture in general. Uh, you know, I love the whole, I, I've, uh, <laughs> I've got to, really work and be in so many different communities across the globe. And it's always been so inspiring to me uh, to learn from other people. And I just go, what if we could have more of the other people, different distinctions at the tables where top decisions are being made? Mm. Would that change what's happening in culture? And so I'm really driven to get different people at the tables. You know, you you would probably find yourself at some of those tables where everyone looks the same, everyone can be often of the same gender yeah. and saying the same things. And if we continue doing that, we're just not going to see change happen. So, uh, you know, those drivers are way beyond my introvert side. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, you know, it, it makes me think of, I remember you were just recently uh, featured in the USA Today article and you were actually yeah. quoted, okay? So this is, you just, it gave me goosebumps because you just brought it right into light. You said, rather than looking at leadership as a zero sum game, we need to look at the broader picture, right? Which takes us out of that fear, all of those things, because it's so much grander than us, right? Can you touch on that a bit? Because look, I literally, <laughs> it gave me goosebumps because it's like, it's, 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 it really is so much bigger than us. And the moment we realize that, then now we can really approach and bring things even stronger into light. Yeah, and I think that it's really easy as a human to get consumed by what we see every day of our mm -hmm. lives go beyond your own borders, beyond uh, just building what you've got to do to provide for yourself, maybe even just for your family. 
it is amazing what lenses you see. I and and I use that in a way that the best example is taking my children into the villages of say Fiji. Yep. And it was really important that whenever I did work in amongst the community, my children came. Now you gotta understand one of my sons is in a wheelchair. He's um, got a lot of special needs. We've got a lot of autism in our house as well. So we know all about, you know, those special sources, those special uh, abilities that um, are really phenomenal, but you have to work with it, not against it. And I didn't see those as limitations. I didn't see that they being young are limitations. I just wanted to expand their thinking and go, Hey, even, and it goes back to our 1% in that way, right? Yeah. Like, even as a young kid, they can they can have something in their hand and share it with other people. So we would have some fun times going into communities with the kids. And there's a couple of really cool memories. So my daughter, who's autistic, um, I remember her standing and we just got out. And you got to understand, to get up to the highlands, you go in this back of the truck, there's no seat belts, you're flying and holding on, hoping you don't fly out the back as you go around these windy, scary roads, right? And they're not sealed roads, so there's like big holes. You've got kids in the back, they're holding on. And my daughter, she gets out and we're taking a whole lot of resources up because I'm about to have uh, conversations with the, the leaders of the village, but then also with the... Uh, the actual chief of the village as well. And we get out of the the trap. My daughter stands at the door and she goes, this isn't a school because she looked in the room and she said, and I said to her, what do you mean this isn't a school? And she goes, there's no seats, there's no tables, there's no like all the things that she knew as a school. Mm. And she just burst into tears. Now I could tell her stories of things but that moment when she stepped out of her normal, out of what she sees and saw through the lens of what you just cannot ignore. Mm. She saw it and, and, and it made such a powerful thing. And I think that's what it is when you get beyond you, mm. beyond what you're used to into environments that are taking you out of your little border. So that's one. And the other story is such a funny one because, you know, one of the things they don't get is ice cream up in the village because it's hot and there's no fridges or freezers. And so I was like packing the ice into these eskies, taking these ice cream up into the village because I just wanted to see, give it to the kids up in the village. Anyway, my daughter, so all of us, my whole family, we're serving the kids in the school um, a school up in the village and they'd run out of plates they'd run out of spoons so my daughter looks at this beautiful little Fijian kid they look at each other they're like what do I do and so the Fijian kid puts out her hand and just in a scoop and my daughter gets the scoop and just puts it in yeah. and they just shove it in the face and I just go she wouldn't have learned mm. a solution to something that we just don't understand until we're there. Mm. Again, as another land. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I, it's, I don't know if you know this, but my daughter, same with probably your kids, we, she traveled since yeah. she's been one. And you're right, like we, 
We don't even realize these little moments that create the biggest shift and change in perspectives, especially in our kids. Like it obviously, it always it will shift us, but we can see it on such a higher scale when our children are able to see something that is so out of, you know, their ordinary. And um, that's, I really do believe that is, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 the it's the next level, and I and I um, yeah I really respect that. Um, so let's talk a bit about your like kind of what your your, your approach, right? Because I know your approach really creates a lot of curiosity for those that are working with or that you network with, but it also is narrowing the gaps from problem to solution, and it will yeah. navigate kind of that uncomfortable space that you like to do so well. You know, oh, by the way. yeah. But is this? Um, it, it, I think it's really so much more needed in the world, right? Everyone needs to be caught, abrupt, disrupted, and sh you know, shaken so that they actually can think on their, on, their, on, their, on their feed, like think from the top of their head, not just from them, you know, like thinking about it, right? So what would you say is your favorite way that you're actually supporting your communities and the advice that you would give to someone who is navigating this space right now? Yeah, so it's funny because I get to work a lot of the time with extremes. So sometimes mm -hmm. I've been at closed doors with former presidents of nations and we're trying to figure out going, what are we going to do for leadership across the globe and how can we make that more effective? And then I'm in, like I said, you know, the dirt of the communities um, trying to figure out how, how are we going to actually make a difference there? And then it could be in a, I'm in a boardroom and <laughs> I find them even more challenging. And yeah. the reason being is that often we're building uh, businesses, organisations, companies that are really uh, one way and we're just getting really stuck in that. And so what if we could think beyond and into the future, play, and I always ask this question, what if, and, and this is my favourite question I ask clients, but is what if nothing was stopping you? What would you do? Who would you be? What would that look like? And I mean, if there was, an, you had unlimited finances, every resource under the sun, that you would have access to all the smartest minds. What would that look like? And what is interesting is there is always this bigger vision that everyone wants, right? But not everyone's willing to play the long game and to move towards it. So you've got to think that big, big vision. And that's what I get people to do. Like go, let's look at that big vision. Let's look at your next step the next level, and now let's look at your starting point. What have we got to work with? And all I care is that every day you're shifting towards the bigger vision. Mm. It's the long term, not the quick term, uh, you know, short term fix. I mean, this, I, I love that because what you're doing is you're like literally taking away the barriers, right? All the programming, all the I can'ts. Like when you said that, I want everyone, especially that's watching the show, I want you to go back and rewind to what she just did. She started asking you to dreamscape without any barriers. Like I felt that energy shift, right? And I know that's the work that that you're that you're doing, and and I I feel it. And I um, thank you for you know really taking that charge and opening up our minds to you know thinking beyond ourselves and you know really leaving more of an impact. So I, I take that to another step because yeah, here's yeah. the thing. 
about that is that first we have to create an awareness, mm -hmm. right? Like we have to have this conversation. And a lot of the time we're not even inviting people to that conversation. Yep. Let right. what you said earlier, which was give permission. Mm -hmm. I, I want everyone to know that they have permission to have voice. Yes. That doesn't mean that I'm going to always agree with you at the table, mm. but you've got, to, you've got permission to have your voice at the table. So we've mm. got to be first willing to create an awareness, right? Then you've got to understand you out of what you've just heard, what we've just had a conversation around, what's the piece that you're going to take ownership of? And that's the important thing, mm. right? What a, I can dream as big as I want to dream. And that's my vision. Rhonda, you can do whatever you want. It's yours. But what is Mary or George or whoever down the street, what are they going to take ownership from their vision, right? And then the important piece is, see, words are lovely, but they don't change anything. And ownership's great if you're willing to take action. And that's the next piece of it, right? So we go the big vision. We then go, okay, so that's where I want to go. But what's my starting point? And then you've got to have the resources, tools, and strategies to be able to do that. Oh. And that's why I became so fascinated with patterns because what if you can make decisions faster and the right ones and play at a bigger level with the way that that's actually my genius zone is helping people make decisions, mm. the right ones, fast. Oh. And because I know all about patterns, right? Because here's the thing. If you keep going back to your default system, you're only going to get the same results that you've always done, right? We know that. What is funny is we often know what the problem is. We often don't know the solution. And if you do know the solution, you don't know how to get there. And that is where if you can identify what the patterns are, you can actually disrupt that, rewire to new ones and get the results you actually want. Ooh, sing it, sister. We are we are singing the same song. I love it. All right. So, um, what's next for you? Like this is sage advice, you know. But really, what's next for you? What do you see yourself going? Like where, without those borders, without those boundaries, like what are you doing next? Yeah, I think for me. So going back to the introvert, the introvert was the secret source behind amazing leaders mm. before. Yeah. And I was good with that and I was really good with that. In fact, I was really good with that. And, but I realized that I was called to something, you know, bigger than that. And that's where I'm now birthing the 1% movement where I just want to, I want people to build out 1% businesses, 1% communities, 1% companies. And I want it to go bigger than Ben Hur. So, uh, you know, uh, my big ass goal on that one. Whoops, sorry, you can delete that piece. That's all right. We we have a very open. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, so this girl, you know, it's all right. It comes out. <laughs> uh, is imagine by 2052 if we had a billion names of humans on what I call the wall of humanity. So I've got that online on the 1% movement. If I got a billion names on that wall of amazing humans willing to do their 1%, that's a 10% of the predicted uh, population across the globe at that time. Imagine if I got that. Here's the thing. Would that change mm. culture? If there were 1% of humans willing to do their 
And when I think of that, my so let's let's define that into my one percent. What is that for me? And this is going to sound really big, so bear with me. I'm going to share it and then simplify. And that is, what if humans could look through the lens of humanity as stakeholders? Okay, so humanity meaning you and I, stakeholders meaning the measure of value. What if every time someone was making a decision, they looked through that lens Ooh. and they said, I'm going to add to the human race going forward, not take away. Would that change culture? And reality is it would. Because if there were a billion people, every time they looked through that lens, humanity as stakeholders, they were adding value every time they made a decision, every time they're building out the culture in their family, in their communities, in their companies, it would change it. And that, my friend, is what that, that is what I'm aiming for. Mm. Well, that's a mic drop, sister. I mean, you just opened up everyone's mind, not only for what they can do and how they can connect and recreate, but now every thought, every step that they're making, that they are stakeholders in the shift and change in humanity. Woof. Mm -hmm. All right, love, you are amazing. I am so excited to continue to follow the 1% movement, to support Do My 1% Part. Uh, all of our audience, I'm gonna challenge you to really take step and take uh, ownership, right? You have permission to join the 1% movement. Um, and I can't wait to see you actually, Carrie Marie, in New York City in September. Uh -huh. Right? We're going to share uh, some of the uh, Times Square um, energy and, and, and bring this conversation um, into a much grander, more global um, market because that, those 300 million households that are watching, that are looking at mainstream media, this is where we need to penetrate, right? And this is my bigger next goal, is how do we penetrate this mass media? How do we help control the narrative to infiltrate their minds and get them away from the garbage that's pulling them down, not adding to? Love it. So You're Rhonda, your name on the wall of humanity? I, I'm in. Well, absolutely. Put my name there. Let's do it. I'm there. Love it. Thanks, darling. Thank you. You're amazing. I hope everyone had and enjoyed this uh, deep dive into the mind of Carrie Marie and what the 1% movement is doing for humanity. This is our time. This is our part. Let's play this game together. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Have a great one. Don't forget to be unstoppable and stay 1%.